have decided to give you this. Really? Yeah. You know whoever sits here makes all the decisions, right? I know, and I'm always making decisions, but you make the perfect decisions, so you just sit right down and start making them. Wow, I'm honored. I mean, this feels great. <gasps> Kathleen, guess what? I just got my new credit card. It's time to go shopping. <laughs> oh, really? I thought your husband and you were going to pay off debt. Oh, yeah. I mean, money's kind of tight, but I figured he doesn't have to know about it. So do you want to oh. go with me? No. <laughs> no? Why? Uh, what I mean is, uh, I don't know. Um, oh. So let me check my schedule, and then I'll get back to you. Okay, yeah, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> Kat, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of one cheek in it here. Look, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You wanted me to sit here, right? Well, of course. And whoever sits here makes all the decisions? Right. So what's the problem? Uh, there's not a problem. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Really, please, here, sit down. As long as you're sure. I'm sure. Okay. okay. So, let's start over. Okay. All right. Kat, I noticed that you've been losing your temper a lot lately. Right. So, okay, Jesus, you know what? I know what you're going to say, but um, see, you, do? you don't know the whole situation, you know? Oh. I, well, all I'm saying is that your attitude is a decision. Yes, of course, but I have a lot going on right now. <laughs> well, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Pressure? Jesus, you don't understand pressure, okay? This I, isn't working, Kat. What? We can't both sit on the seat. It's either me or it's you. Okay, I know. You know, I just, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, but here, just take it. No, I'm not going to take it. You have to give it to me. Okay, here. Kathleen, make a choice. I can't. You just did. Got quiet in here, didn't it? <laughs> You're like, what is this sermon going to be about? I think you know. Matthew chapter 16 is where we'll be today. You can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. On the back of your bulletin, there's a place to take notes. You can grab a pen in front of you and take notes. I'm going to give you three things today on following Jesus, and these may be the three most important things when it comes to following Jesus because they actually come from Jesus himself, and so you can write them down when we get there. But we're in a series called Follow. Paul said in... Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, I want to know Christ. I want to know Jesus. And we get to know Jesus by following him. In fact, he invites us to follow him. He says, I want you to be close to me. Come close to me and follow me. But what does following Jesus mean? We've been talking a lot over the last few weeks about prayer, about fasting, about giving, about suffering. All these things that we go through, and we go through these things to seek the Lord and to draw close to Him, to follow Him, and that when we're weak, He's strong, and we can walk in His power when we're hungry for God, and that we need to be hungry for God. And today, I want to take us one step further on what it means to follow Jesus, because when we follow Jesus, we're His disciples. And this is the week, Palm Sunday, leading to Good Friday, then to Easter, is the week that Jesus laid down his life for us. It was the week that led to the cross. So today we're going to read from Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to ask you, in honor of God's word, would you stand with me? We don't normally do this when we read God's word, but Jesus is going to challenge us this morning, and so let's honor God's word by standing 
It'll be on the screen, but it's beginning in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with the angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to our hearts. Open our hearts wide to the word this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I love this passage of scripture because Jesus is very honest at the very beginning talking to his disciples that this is what it's going to cost you to follow me. There's no surprises. There's no hidden agenda. He just cuts through everything and he says these are the terms. And I believe this is important because we don't get to, God, go, get to go to God on our terms. A lot of people think they can. We go to God on his terms alone. And whether it be Jesus' teaching or the rest of the New Testament, it's crystal clear that there's a cross before the crown, that there's suffering before glory, that there's a sacrifice before the reward. And in order to have a resurrection, you first have to have a death. Jesus teaches us three things, and we're going to look at them together in this passage of Scripture. He teaches us, first, we've got to lay something down, we've got to pick something up, and we've got to live something out. And so we're going to start with laying something down. We've got to lay down our life. You've got to lay down your life. This may be the most difficult thing Jesus asks us to do. We live in the selfie culture, right? We live in this culture that says, hey, whatever. And then you come to church and you hear a sermon about denying yourself. I mean, it just doesn't fit. Because honestly, we don't deny ourselves anything, do we? This world doesn't deny themselves anything. And so you come to church, you hear about fasting and prayer and giving. And now you've got to lay down your life. The world would come to some of these sermons and say, what are you talking about? I mean, if you can do it, if you can get it, if it doesn't hurt anybody else, else who cares? Go for it. It's natural. It's part, of, it's part of our instincts, right? I mean, be happy. Have fun. You only live once, right? And Jesus says, wrong. To deny ourselves means to give yourself wholly to Christ. It's that constant obedience. It's that consistent surrender. Jesus doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. That's what he's telling us in this passage of Scripture. See, he told us that we're going to trade this life for a better one. When we lay this life down, when we follow him wholehearted, not half-hearted, we gain something in return because the cross isn't just about death. It's also about eternal life. And I want to tell you, Jesus paid a high price for you this week. He paid the whole price for this abundant life we have now and the eternal life to come. And true happiness is found when we lose ourselves. See, Jesus is teaching us here that if you try to live for yourself, as the world does, you're going to end up losing everything. 
You say, I'm just going to live for myself. You will end up losing absolutely everything. And the price is just way too high. In fact, it's a price that you could never pay. You could gain the whole world, and you're still going to lose your soul. So Jesus tells us that right from the beginning. There was a missionary named Jim Elliott. He lived in the early part of the last century. There's been books written about his life, movies done about his life. The most recent movie is The End of the Spear. He's a missionary who was a young man, a, a graduate of Wheaton Bible College, and he and his young wife and his young children went to an unreached people group, and they uh, shared the gospel, and then they were going to this place that had never heard about Jesus, and he, he goes, I'm going to go, and I'm going to tell them about Jesus, and when he showed up, they killed him. Later on, when they published his diary, it was this quote that stood out to everybody. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It's a powerful quote written by a powerful man who gave it all. See, Jesus talks a lot about laying down our life, and it will cost you something. But most of all, it's about crucifying yourself. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This idea of crucifying ourselves. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, it says, In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That we are dead to sin, alive in God. The old part of us is dead. The old man is dead. Dead to sin, alive in Christ. And throughout the New Testament, they're always talking about taking off the old and putting on the new. Throughout Scripture, it talks about that we take off that old man, put on that new man. Have you ever been sick for a few days and you got your pajamas on? And you've been in bed and it's just not good? And then you start feeling a little better, so... You get up, you get cleaned up, take off those old pajamas, those sick pajamas, and you put on fresh new pajamas, and you change the sheets, and the sheets are clean, and they're cold, and you get back, and it's just like, it's good, right? That new is good. And throughout the New Testament, they're saying, take off the old, sinful, the sick clothes, and put on the new. Romans 13, 14 says, Rather, close yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Another translation says, Make no provision for the flesh. You don't live in the flesh anymore. You live in something new. You deny yourself. You lay down your life. It's just like being like Jesus, following him. Because you can be a slave to the flesh or you can be a servant of our Lord. And he's calling us to lay down our life. That we would allow God and his word to direct our lives. Not doing what we think is best. But what does God say in his word? And living that way. And when we let God and his word direct us, revival comes. New life comes. And it begins when we submit fully to God's will. So we lay down our life. And now we need to pick something up. So we pick up the cross. You pick up your cross. And a lot of times we talk about cross with pain and suffering. Well, I've got to bear this cross. And that's not what he's talking about here. When Jesus speaks of the cross, he's speaking about death. 
He's speaking about literally giving up everything. When we look at a cross today, we see something beautiful because we see love, we see sacrifice. The cross is beautiful to us. But when his disciples first heard this, the cross wasn't beautiful. It meant death. It was cruel and unusual. It was capital punishment. It was the worst kind of death. And Jesus says, pick up your cross. There's a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was a Lutheran pastor who lived in Germany. And he uh, led a resistance against Hitler and the Nazis. And it ended up costing him his life. And he wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. If it's okay with you, I'm going to read a, a passage from that book. It's a little longer than a normal quote, but I want you to listen to this as I read when you think about taking up your cross. The cross is laid on every Christian. The first Christ suffering, which every man must experience, is the call to abandon the attachments of this world. It is that dying of the old man, which is the result of an encounter with Christ. As we embark upon discipleship, we must surrender ourselves to Christ in union with his death. We give over our lives to death. Thus it becomes, the cross is not the terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. It may be a death like the one of the first disciples who had to leave home and work to follow him. Or it may be a death like Luther's who had to leave the monastery and go out into the world. But it is the same death every time. Death in Jesus Christ. The death of the old man at his call. That one line that rings in his writings when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Jesus says right from the beginning, I want you to go my way. I want you to identify with me. I want you to lay your life down and pick up your cross. Jesus identified with us, with our guilt, with our shame, with our sin, and he died for us. Does that mean we're going to die for him? Chances are no one in this room today will give their life as a martyr, but are you willing to? The reason is, is because suffering leads to glory. Good Friday led to Easter Suffering always leads to something better in our life when we suffer for Jesus. And let me tell you this, and this is so important, especially if you're suffering right now. Suffering will lead you to your destiny. The cross was Jesus' destiny. When he went and he suffered and died, he lived out his destiny. And when you begin to say, I'm going to lay down my life, I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to do whatever God and his word tells me to do. When you begin to live for him and not for yourself, you will discover your destiny. So live for Jesus. Jesus, at the end of his life, at the end of the Gospel of John, he is with the disciples and Peter. And he's this long thing with Peter. Because remember, Peter denied Jesus. And so at the end there, he comes and says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Good, Peter. Then feed my sheep. Follow me. Live out your destiny. 
But Jesus says these words in John chapter 21 after he's gone through that, and I want you to look at these with me. It says, very truly, I tell you, I'm talking to Peter here, Jesus talking to Peter. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hand, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. So he's saying, Peter, you're going to die. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them, the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? When Jesus, or Jesus answered, if, you want, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. I've always found this story fascinating because Jesus has basically reinstated Peter's relationship with him. And then he says to Peter, Peter, guess what? Earlier, several days ago, you said that you would die for me. Remember, you promised it was the Last Supper, and I said, you're going to deny me three times, and, and you said, oh, no, Lord, I'm going to die with you. I won't deny you. I'm going to die. And, and how did that go, Peter? Yeah, not so good. <laughs> Peter, I'm going to tell you something now. You said you were going to die for me, but I'm going to tell you right now, you are going to die for me. Follow me. Peter gets a little shaken, as any of us would, right? And he sees John behind. John, what about John? What does John have to do? Don't worry about John. You must follow me. That's Jesus' call to you and me. A lot of times, well, what about, what about so-and-so? Don't worry about so-and-so. You've got to follow me. You've got to lay down your life. You have to follow me. It's powerful because Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it, does it here? He says, you've got to lay down your life. You've got to pick up your cross you got to follow me. And Peter does it. So we lay down our life, we pick up our cross, and we have to live something out, so we, we live out following Jesus. When we began the sermon today, we were watching a video about a, a chair or a stool that represented control of, of that young woman's life. And really... It was awkward after that video because we could all relate to that video, right? I mean, it was one of those moments like, well, really, who's going to be in charge? Who's going to lead? There can only be one leader. When you're driving in the car, there's only one person that sits in the driving seat, driver's seat. If you have two people in the driver's seat, you got problems, right? And Jesus, he doesn't force his way in. We say, no, Jesus, I will follow you. I'm going to lay down my life, I'm going to pick up my cross, and I'm going to follow you. And you may say, I don't even know what I'm doing. It doesn't matter, because really, whenever we start something, do we really know what we're doing? I mean, think about it. If you're married, how many of you, on your wedding day, when you were standing up there, you knew everything about marriage? You probably thought you did, but guess what? I think it's funny, because I, I, uh, I teach at the college here, and it's amazing how college students after they've learned a little bit, they know everything. They just know exactly what they're going to go out and what they're going to do, and then there's this thing called real life, right? Because what is it? You learn along the way, right? It's a journey. It's a path of following. You're not going to, 
you're not going to know everything when you first start out. Now, Jesus tells you, now, this is what it's going to cost you, but you don't know everything when you start out. But you say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, down this path. I'm going to, I'm going to follow you on the journey. And so the thing that we should be repeating as we're on that journey is, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done. Jesus, whatever you want, whatever the Spirit speaks to my ear, whatever your word says, that's what I'm going to do. And the Greek word here for following is actually a, a verb, and it's a present aristist sense. And what it means is that it's a keep on following, that you're going to keep on following Jesus. It's not a one day, here I go, but it's an every day. It's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. And instead of following Jesus part of the way, which you can't do, you got to follow him all the way. And don't stand in the way of the cross. You know, if you look, if you got Matthew 16 open, you can just look one paragraph before what we read. You know, it's Jesus telling them that he's going to suffer and die. And what does Peter say? Oh, no, Jesus, you're not going to suffer and die. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He said that to Peter because Peter was blocking him from the cross. And you don't block Jesus from the cross. And you don't stand in the way of the cross. I think a lot of times we try to avoid these type of teachings of Jesus. We want to avoid the cross, but let me tell you, the way of the cross is not optional. It's a requirement. But it is only a temporary cost because it is eternally rewarding. You're sacrificing the temporary to gain the eternal. And Neil Anderson said it this way, possibly the greatest sign of spiritual maturity is the ability to postpone rewards. Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, he presents us with two options. And if you read it over again, you'll see that Jesus is saying you can deny yourself or you can live for yourself. You can take up your cross or you can ignore the cross. You can follow Christ or you can follow the world. You can lose your life for his sake or you can save your life for your own sake. You can forsake the world or you can gain the world. You can keep your soul or lose your soul. You can share his reward for glory or lose his reward for glory. The option is there. What are you going to choose? And I believe the average person would say, why would I ever lay my life down? Why would I ever deny myself? Why would I pick up my cross? Why would I follow him? I mean, that's going to be hard, right? And people are going to hate me. The world hates us. So it's going to be hard. People are going to hate us. Why can't I just do what I want to do? If you'd allow me, I just want to go to the very first verse I mentioned, and I've mentioned it at the beginning of every one of these uh, sermons on following, but it's Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, and just want to look at the life of, of Paul just quickly here before we close, and he says this, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Jesus. I want it all. When Paul is writing the book of Philippians, he's actually writing it from prison. And it's just before he's going to stand before Nero's court, and they will either allow him to leave or he will be dead. It is a life and death situation for Paul. That's where the familiar verse, to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
He says, I'm, I'm happy to, to go and be with Jesus, but I'm also happy to stay with you and keep preaching the gospel. I'm happy either way. Why? Because I know Jesus and I'm close to him. And yes, we'll be close to him there, but I, I want to be close to him here. He says, I want to know Jesus' power. I want to know his overcoming strength. I want to know that Easter power after the cross in my life. Do I need to partake in suffering? Yes. But like Jesus, I'm going to overcome. I'm going to have eternal, abundant life. I'm going to allow Jesus to change me and conform me into the servant role that he has for me. And let me tell you, if you give your life to Jesus, listen to me, he's going to take really good care of you. He's going to take really good care of you. And then he's going to take care of you forever. So it's abundant life now, eternal life forever. You don't even have to fear death. He's conquered that. And I just want to tell you this too. This is important too because sometimes when we talk about suffering on the cross, we're like, uh, defeated. I want to tell you, as a Christian, you're not defeated. You're never defeated. He's got the victory. Your victory is already secure. So don't live in that defeat. You're just trading something temporary for something eternal. It's just that simple. You're laying your life down, what you want now, and saying, I'm going to do it your way, God. I'm going to do what your word says. I'm going to live your way. And when you get to heaven, and when you sit down with guys like Jim Elliott, or Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or Peter, or Paul, and you ask him, was it worth it? You were just a young man in, in the jungle, and you had a wife and children, and you lost your life because you were telling somebody about Jesus. Was it worth it? And I believe Jim Elliott will smile big say it was worth it all. Dietrich, was it worth it hiding underground, being held in a concentration camp, killed by the Nazis? Was it worth it? And I believe Dietrich Bonhoeffer will say it was worth it all. Peter, Paul, was it worth it? It looked like a pretty tough life. Those beatings, those imprisonments, ultimate death, was it worth it? Peter and Paul will say it, it was worth it all. God used us to change the world. God's going to use you to change your world. When you lay down your life and you pick up your cross and you follow him, it will be worth it all. And if you could... Talk to the people who lived their life for themselves and gained the whole world but lost their soul. If you ask them, was it worth it? The Bible talks about the gnashing of teeth. Mm, no, 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 it's not worth it. It's not worth it. See, Matthew chapter 13, we won't look at that today, but in Matthew chapter 13, just a couple chapters earlier, Jesus is telling a parable about a pearl of great price, about a hidden treasure in the field, and that the, the, the merchant goes and they sell everything they have just to get that pearl, just to get that treasure. It's just, it's so important. And Jesus says, when you find it, give up everything for it because it's of ultimate value. And that's what Jesus is saying today. Following me is of permanent, eternal value. This is the Holy Week, the week Jesus laid down his life. He picked up his cross. And he followed the Father. And this is the week that I'm asking you. Some of you will do this at the Ascension Convention. Teenagers are loud and rowdy. And it is a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. 
but you're going to lay your life down and say, okay, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to serve, I'm willing to help. For some of you, it's going to be inviting that neighbor to church, to having that conversation, and it's going to be hard because maybe you've never talked about going to church before or that even you're a believer, but it's time just to lay your life down and say, hey, would you come with me next weekend to church? It's Easter. We lay our lives down, we pick up our cross, and we follow. And the beautiful thing, listen to me, this is for you and everyone that you're going to invite and all the teenagers that are going to be at the Ascension Convention is everyone is invited to follow. Everyone is invited to follow. And you come as you are, and you follow Jesus, and you keep on following him. And as we follow him, we become more like him. When you lay down your life and pick up your cross and follow him, you will be just like Jesus. We bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning. We're going to pray quietly. There may be some music behind me, I don't know, but we're just going to pray and let the Holy Spirit speak to us this morning. I believe the presence of Jesus was so here in the time of worship that we had, and I believe that we could sense the presence of Jesus during that worship time because we were honoring him, because we were lifting his name in praise and in worship, because we were following. And so I just want to encourage you as we begin to think about this message before we pray, and, and you, just, you, you, you think about laying your life down, or you think about the video that we watched, or you think about picking up your cross, if you think about following, I just want you today to say, Jesus, I am all in. I am all in to laying down my life, denying myself, picking up my cross and following you. I'm all in today. And so I'm going to have you pray a prayer of commitment with me. And you may be here and you may have been invited by a friend today, and I'm so glad that you're here. But with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to talk to you for a moment. And maybe you're listening online right now or you're, you're listening somewhere. I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you, that it's not an accident that you're feeling right now his call to your life, the call to follow him. Jesus died on a cross for your sins. And that sin separates us from God, but he died on the cross for your sins and you are cleansed, you are set free from sin. You're set free from the power of sin when you believe that Jesus died for you and that he rose from the dead when you confess him as your Lord and Savior. There's just something about saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. It changes everything. You take off the old and you put on the new. There are others of us in this room that have been following Jesus for a very long time and we have said yes to Jesus over and over and over again. And I'm going to just ask you one more time today. Will you say yes to Jesus? Will you just, and when we, when we say this prayer, will you just kind of rededicate it and say, yeah, I'm all in. I'm laying down my life, picking up my cross, and I'm following. Would everybody here this morning repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. 
I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Jesus, I thank you for your call to follow. Jesus, I, I thank you for just laying it on the line, for being so honest with us, and at the same time so precious, the invitation. Jesus, we don't deny ourselves many things, but we're starting to feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. We're going to deny ourselves and follow you. Whether it be through fasting, prayer, giving, you asking us to, to serve at the Ascension Convention, invite our neighbor to church, whatever you whisper into our ear, God, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're laying our life down. We're going to live your way, not our way. We're going to live according to your word, what is written in your word. That's how we're going to live. And we're going to put to death the old man. And we're going to walk in the newness of life that we have in you. We're going to walk in that resurrection power. So God, be with us this week. Lead us, guide us as we follow you, as we follow you alone. And God, we know that this week, even into next Sunday, God, you have some amazing, supernatural, powerful experiences on the horizon for each one of us. And so, Lord, we follow you into a new day. Lord, remind us of our commitment to lay ourselves down, pick up our cross and follow you every day. Lord, because it's a path, it's a journey. We're on it, Lord. God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer this morning and you want to follow Jesus, um, there's some uh, bags on each side of the altar. It has a Bible in there, uh, a prayer for you, and there's some uh, other things in there, what it means to follow Jesus. All of that, it's free. Just come up, grab it, take it, and uh, you can go with it. Also, if you need prayer today, maybe you're um, going through something, you want prayer, uh, I'm going to need to sneak out for the Ascension Convention meeting, but Pastor Merrill is going to be down front here in the front praying for anybody that needs to be